Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com. Glory to God. Well, welcome this morning to Vessels of Honor. Uh, We're going to continue in our gleanings. Taking those small scraps, if you would, that uh, are not necessarily scraps, but they're actual sustenance for us. They are... um, Items that even create opportunity for sacrifice, for worship, for giving to the Lord. Um, When you go back through those things and you look at these gleanings, you find that, uh, I mean, it's what conferences are for. It's what, you know, you go back over like marriage conferences and things like that over the years, and you'll find that there's things that you can always pull out of them. Uh, Youth camps, uh, children's camps, even even VBS, it's going to be happening this week. Uh, It's those places that if somebody will go back into them and, and go back over that field, they'll find things sitting on the sides. Things of value, things that can change your life eternally as what we, we didn't really look into it, but um, for Ruth and for Boaz and for, you know, this person called David and Jesus, uh, it had significance. And that was from a gleaning. And so the, the, we, we don't want to take what seems small, right? I mean, I don't believe it's a scripture that says despise not small beginnings, but I mean, it sounds scriptural when you when you say it, right? Despise not small. But the thing is, is everything begins as a seed. Everything begins small. Everything begins. I mean, you didn't form your habits until you started with one small step, and so and they grow and they grow and they grow. Um, and so as we continue here in gleanings, we'll look at. Let, let's start off with a word of prayer, though. Father in heaven, we thank you, Lord. For your word. We thank you that your spirit is speaking to us. And we hear that still small voice. We don't look for the thunder and for the lightning. We're not looking, Lord God, for those things that seem, wow, supernatural. Lord, we want to have a natural life with you. We want to hear your voice speaking quietly to our spirit. We want to be so in tune with you, Lord, that we can use the word intimate. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are intimate with us. That you whisper and we hear. You speak and suggest and we respond. We thank you, Father, for today, for the gleanings that we will take from your word. In Jesus' name, amen. And so, uh, I I already cut, a modern definition of gleaning would be to collect gradually and bit by bit or extract information from various sources. And so, um, these acts, as I said, can have eternal significance. And I don't know when or if I will go into the actual story of Ruth in Ruth chapter 2. But like I said, if you'd like to read it, you can. Um, We're going to continue, though, in in, uh, where we were heading here. So here's an anonymous statement. I I love this statement. I'm just going to make it. Uh, Anonymous means I didn't write it And nobody knows who does But whatever It seems like it's a good thing It says Many great ideas Have been lost Because the people who had them Could not stand being laughed at Hmm Yeah So when God puts one of those Dreams or seeds in your heart What's always going to come with that? 
resistance. Now, we, 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 so we went to Karis for college days. I, I, don't, I don't exactly remember now when, but I know it was earlier this year. And uh, one of the speakers was a, a lady named Carrie Pickett, and I believe she's on the board and stuff there. I, anyway, but um, she spoke on obedience and how obedience has to be birthed. Now, the thing is, obedience can never be birthed until there's an authority structure. Right? Okay, so, so it's like, oh, okay, so uh, 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 obedience can't be birthed until there's an authority structure, and it can only live inside of submission. So until you have an authority structure and the opportunity to use that authority structure, which would be submission, you can't have obedience. Okay. <laughs> so, of course, people typically do not like submission. They even fear it. But there's what they really lack, what is truly left out, what causes submission to be an issue, is that there is a lack of revelation of love. See, because perfect love casts out all fear. And if you're fully submitted to the Lord, you can find yourself in many places that fear has an opportunity. Lion's dens, fiery furnaces, stormy waters, uh, threatened to be taken to a cliff, many different punishments, cast out from your families, ostracized. So as these things come, what we're missing in that would be, see, it's obedience. But what allows for that obedience is love. We don't know how much we're loved. We don't understand the cost that he put, the price that he paid, that he said, I will step and walk all the way to this point for you, and I'm calling you. And so we find ourselves with little things, like, I, I, I don't know why the Lord, but he, that came out of some other sermon, who knows when, um, and he said, make sure to put that statement into your sermon today. Many great ideas have been lost because the people who had them could not stand being laughed at. And I know last week when we went through Proverbs 1, there was a moment in there where we were talking about peer pressure and how we had to say no to it. And so peer pressure, though, happens to everybody because there ain't anybody here at any age that doesn't have somebody else around their age. You can be 110, and we can go find another 110-year-old. You know what I mean? I mean, and, and for any of us that are probably sitting in that under 70 to birth, I guarantee we can find some people that are around your, your age probably in your community and around you in your day-to-day. -day. So we have peer pressure. And so the revelation of love allows, here's what it does. So uh, the reason why they lack a revelation of love is because of fear. This revelation removes the fear of submission, right? Perfect love casts out all fear. So 
We, if we have a revelation of love, it's easy to submit. This is why within a marriage, it works perfectly if a husband loves his wife. Who's the lead? Now, here's the thing that the Lord stirred up in me from our honor's reward. Um, there was a comment stated in this for the men's book. And he said, John Bevere is the one that said it. And I've been ruminating on it for about a week or so and, and just stirring on it. And, and finally, the Lord broke it through uh, yesterday for me and, and said what it was. He said, it's always better to act than to react, is John Bevere. And so, better act, not react. Always act, not react. I'm like, and it struck me as right in my spirit, but why? What, what, what is this? What causes? Why, why does that strike so right? And the Lord said to me, well, he started off with uh, one part of it, and I, I didn't quite get And then later it came back and came back and came back. And you know, if you glean on something long enough, you'll find it. You can become a good fly fisherman if you do it long enough. Rest of us may look like we're just, you know, having an attack, but whatever. <laughs> it's wrapped all around you or whatever, but if you do it long enough, you can become good at it. Um, and so uh, I kept looking at and and because action, to act, is to sow something. It sows a seed. And when you react, you're trying to take someone else's seed. That's what the Lord said to me. See, they sowed it, and you decide you're going to dig it up and do something with it. You're going to produce the harvest for it. You're going to become God over their seed. Yeah, you exalted yourself. See, so we look again. The revelation of of love allows humility to be found. And so we find that we have to humble ourselves. Well, there's another option. Humbling ourselves is the better option. Okay? Why why would we pride goes before fall or destruction? Well, I know who came to kill, steal and destroy. So pride allows me to walk into his world, to stand underneath his authority. So now I'm submitting myself to him instead of submitting myself to God. So I've placed myself in a place or an, oppo- uh, an, opportunity, an opportune time for the enemy. Will he take an opportunity to shut the mouth of a believer? Does he want you giving life-giving words to the people around you? Does he want you changing the world that he's destroying? Bringing glory to the Lord? That's who he's trying to steal it from, was the Lord. And so we see that the revelation of love allows humility to be found which is God's grace, his divine ability and empowerment to be released from the reservoir of heaven upon the earth. We want these opportunities. We have to walk in humility. And so, love is the answer. And here's, here's one of her quotes. It says, true vision goes beyond now into eternity and must be re- released through 
obedience. True vision goes beyond now into eternity. So, now for me, the Lord has done this to me, and he, he rerouted my thinking a while back, and, and this is just how it sits. So whenever I think of the word love, I have to always put it in the future. Because love always hopes, it always believes, it always perseveres, it always, you, you see, and then it conquers all. So when it's always doing something, it's not just here now, it was yesterday, today, and it sounds like God. I mean, does it change, or was it the same yesterday, today, and forever? Did his plans for you change from yesterday, today, or tomorrow? So every time I hear the word love or see the thing vision here, I have to look into the future. And so when we walk into these things, true vision goes beyond now into eternity and must be released through obedience. See, this is, this is the thing about your dreams. I'm going I'm to get back to this right now. My dreams must break through borders of tolerance of the people around me. You will have resistance. It's the only way you'll grow. There is a, a I got to hear, a, I don't know, remember where I heard this now. But I heard it. Anyway, they, they were uh, growing, they made a, uh, what's it called, a biodome. There we go. And they cultivated it for the plants and everything inside. They had the right amount of oxygen given to it. They had the right amount of temperature and everything. They planted all these plants in it. They're living, and so everything was perfect as far as how they had created this dome. But these trees that were growing were growing up, and after they would get so high, they would just fall over. And they have the perfect scenario. It's the perfect weather. It's controlled. The oxygen was controlled in this thing. The, you know, the sunlight, UV, everything is controlled. And yet these trees kept growing up and falling over. And, and what, they, what they're trying to figure out, how the perfect environment keeps yielding substandard results. And what they found out was the, the tree, and I can't remember what the tree was, this, you're going to have to pardon me, I wasn't taking notes. I was running, and our treadmill now has a video so we can watch ourselves like run through the rainforest and stuff. And so this is my trainer who, for some reason, never runs out of wind or anything Why they discuss all the things that you're running past. They're running with you, and they're telling me about these are the trees, so I don't know. But anyway, that's where I was getting this information, and so as I was dying to my flesh or my flesh was dying, sorry, on this treadmill, I was not taking notes. But I do remember this. Um, and so what they found out was these trees were growing up, and because there was no wind to distribute, to put pressure on them or tolerances, their root systems were so frail that when they'd get high and tall, they would fall. See, if you don't have a tolerance put against you, if you don't have something coming against you, you're not going to grow. You're not going to become all that the Lord has for you. You're not going to see all that the Lord has for you. So we have to walk in a place of testing. This is why we're supposed to find ourselves rejoicing in trials and tribulations, because we know that the testing of it produces 
fruit on the inside of us. We're becoming more like God. Who's more tested than the Lord? In patience. Right? In, in provision. In anything, any realm, find something that the Lord has not taken further than any man has done. And so, my dreams must break through borders of tolerance of the people around me. I will have resistance. Resistance is necessary for measurement. But God has a bigger plan for us. See, if we don't have a pressure, you'll so many people want a trophy without a test. You know? I mean, I hate to say it uh, this way, but I will just because I guess it's how I am. Um, it's like people that get their, uh, their attendance for church. I got perfect church attendance. What does that get you? Is God going to say, wow? I mean, what, what are we going to have when we're all said and done here? Now, what about when you start to say, yeah, I remember when that attack came on my body and I got to walk. Yeah, I remember when the finances got to, I remember when we had, you know, this missing or removed thing from our life. Somebody was taken from us and we had to step into it. I remember when the pressures of this world started to weigh down upon me. And I found myself identifying more with my physical place and my spiritual place. Because once again, and this is what we, I stated last week, was that um, God, this is the difference between us and God in so many ways, is that we are always looking at our need and God's never had a need. He's only had provision. All he has is storehouses of provision. He has all that you have need of. He looked down through the future as his name was called Jehovah Jireh, the God who sees and provides, and he looked down through all of time and said, I have it covered. And so the, store, the surplus, the storehouses of heaven are sitting there. He never sees your need. He only sees his provision. He only sees a manifestation of who he is. When we state that we see the need, we state that we see what he lacks. And what does God lack? So why do we keep telling him that he lacks? See, what does faith do? Faith says, God, I know. It's a lion. It's a den full of them. Nevertheless, right? Isn't that what Jesus said? Nevertheless. So we find ourselves in all these situations, but, our, but, but what we keep doing is we keep walking into it with our man, man fleshly, carnal perspective. And we're not walking into our, toler our places where we're going to grow with these tolerances that are around us. And so, God has bigger plans for you. Our significance was determined by God. Your significance was determined by God. So what we need to do is know what His plan is. And so, His plan is there for you. 
Some of it's wrote out in the word. Some of it's wrote out in time. We, we have to just give ourselves time with him. We got people asking other people what God's plan is for there. That's not intimacy. That's not a relationship. Should I go ask a whole bunch of other women how I'm supposed to treat my wife? Or should I ask my wife how she wants to be treated? Right? And so, this is one of the things I wanted to get to here. Another quote out of Carrie right here on, on that time was every, every, key word here, every act of obedience bears fruit. Every act of obedience bears fruit. And so, the thing is, God is so good at accounting. I mean, there's, there's scripts for it. I did not look them up or bring them. But his accounting is immaculate. Sorry, Rocio. I mean, you got, you know, somebody that's, that you're trying to strive to beat, but you're not going to get him. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> but uh, his accounting is immaculate. He's numbered your days. He's numbered your hairs on your head. He knows everything that's going on. He's extending and retract. He's allowing all these things to happen as you're being obedient. He, he's into accounting. He tells us that um, if we're good stewards of what we have in Proverbs, and, and I'm not going to get to this one either, but he says that you, that you go out and you check your gates and you check your flocks and you walk through your things. If I went through the uh, proverb of, of the sluggard, where he says, uh, behold the ants and look at the sun. And he talks about how you're supposed to go over your house and you check to make sure that things aren't broke down and the, the walls don't need patching. I believe they, they didn't use the word stucco. Anyway, there's mending that needs to be done. And it says that there's no briars and there's no thorns out there. And you're cleaning and you're, you're, you're representing heaven in everything that you do. So we all can look in our lives and go, oh my hell that's what it is death and destruction things that are being robbed from us ever anybody ever went to clean something out and found it uh, well i mean all the way down heard a stat uh last week or two uh 40 percent of food in america is wasted or thrown out 40 percent that's how many that's how much just gets tossed see when jesus had leftovers he gathered it up what kind of steward are we? Are we tending to what he has for us when we walk through the fields that he's given us? So I'm going to make some, clarif- some, some statements right here. This is what some, that the Lord had gave me, and then I'm going to jump back in to some things out of Proverbs. He had me write this down. Um, and it's good for clarification. Destruction... Man, do we need to know this. Destruction is not discipline. So many people, oh, yeah, they got in a car accident. You know, some people blame it on God, right? Because every good parent will go snap their kid's arm to prove them a lesson. Right? I mean, but is this what people do? They see destruction happen, and they attribute it to God. Do you, I mean, even in the insurance industry, it is called acts of God. Hail, 
fire, floods, these things, and they, they attribute it to God. But I thought every good and perfect gift came down from my Father above. Now I know that that which was meant for evil can be turned to good, and that the Lord can show himself strong in the midst of these things, but I'm not going to give him the credit for evil. And so, oh, the Lord took him before his time. How did you know before his time, and how did you get there, and why wouldn't that just be a theft of the enemy? Destruction is not discipline. <coughs> so, got another one. Discipline comes before destruction. See, discipline finances never allow you to get into a financial difficulty. If you were disciplined in in your, your, your diet type things, I mean, where does diabetes and all these type of things now start to fall? I mean, even diabetics beat diabetes through their diet, right? When we, when we look at these things and we start to put disciplines in, they stop destruction. It comes before destruction. That was my next. The very purpose or intent of discipline is to stop destruction. So why do we say that the Lord loves us when he disciplines us? Because he desires to stop destruction. These attitudes, these ways, your heart. Please check your heart. That's what he's saying to us over and over again through the epistles. He says, you know, these things lead unto death. Fornicators, adulterers, those type of things. I mean, that, there's no life in that. It's destruction. And so, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump into this a little bit. We're, we're going to jump back into Proverbs again and listen to the first words. And as, as we first stated, and I'm not going to go into Proverbs 1. That's what we did last week. I actually made it to Proverbs 2. And so, it states here, Proverbs 2, verse 1 in the Passion Translation says, My child, will you treasure my wisdom see what does he desire again for us to grow humility God won't force you perfect gentleman he will allow your free will to take what you desire and if you want hell you're gonna get it if you choose okay I'll, I'll continue then and only then will you acquire it and only if you accept my advice and hide it within will you succeed. I'm not succeeding in my marriage. I'm not succeeding in, in, in these things, that I'm, my endeavors that I have in life. I'm not. Why aren't you succeeding in them? Are we treasuring his wisdom, holding it dear, putting it in a safe place, looking at it. So train your heart to listen when I speak and open your spirit wide to expand your discernment. Then pass it on to your sons and your daughters. See, I love that scripture because that tells me one thing. Like I made the statement, experience is a robber. 
It takes people's lives. It takes time. The only way to develop experience is through time. But you can shortchange experience if you take somebody else's. So let's learn from their experience and not have to do it on our own. We can get ahead of things. We can beat learning curves. Why? Because that experience may have taken all of, uh, who's the lady that did uh, uh, penicillin? Mariah Curry? No. Lost it. That was radiation. Yeah, radiation. Yeah, anyway, but you can take all their lives. It doesn't matter what you want to do. You can find somebody that gave their whole life to something. We simplify it to a biography and read it in two hours, understand it, and then we move on with, what, 60 years worth of knowledge? But if we don't apply it, we wasted it all. So people find themselves with knowledge increasing more and more and they're running around and they have nothing. Okay? Pass it on. Pass it on to your sons and daughters. Yes, cry out for comprehension and intercede for insight. I only pray to God, so I know where my intercession should be. For if you keep seeking it like a man who would seek for sterling silver, searching in hidden places for cherished treasure, then you will discover the fear of the Lord. What? How, how did we get to the fear of the Lord? Because he's trying to get you to a place of humility. Because in a place of humility you'll find yourself in obedience to an authority structure. And if you want everything that's above to come down through and... See, this is the thing. You know that authority is never for you? See, we've been very selfish in how we teach this. It's my authority as a believer. Is it? I thought I was an ambassador, which means I came from another place. And I'm using somebody else's authority. We keep screaming at the devil. But it's his words. We're in submission to his words. We put ourselves in position for him to operate. When I submit myself unto the Lord, I am now resisting the devil. And he's going to flee from me. Is it just because of who I am, or is it because whose I am? Did I just open up the whole door, and he walks out, and he goes, yeah, you see these hands? And he starts walking at the devil. God starts bearing his, I mean, he's like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to open up a shirt right here and start rolling. I'm going to bear an arm. Oh, man, it only took a finger to get him out of heaven. I mean, God bears an arm. He knows it's coming. I mean, <laughs> there's a whooping. Um, but all we had to do was, was uh, that's the thing. Authority is always for somebody else. If we want to study how Jesus used authority in the Gospels, show me where he used it for himself. If you want to fight this. Show me where Jesus used the authority for himself. And when he was wowed by authority... 
with the centurion and, and the Syrophoenician and these things like this. He goes, I am a man who is under authority and I have under others. And he knew that when he was in line and issued a command, it would come from above and it would go down to the bottom. And he was nothing but a mediator, just like Jesus Christ, who stepped on this earth and he stepped in between heaven and earth and he allowed all of heaven to be poured out on this earth. He allowed the authority of heaven to be shown on this planet in full force. And so when you're a parent and you're parenting your family, the authority of God gets to rule and reign in your family when you submit yourself to what God says a parent is. When you do it with your finances, which, I mean, we can get to these scriptures maybe. Um, When you submit them to the Lord... You allow him to go through you. See, all you are is a conduit. You're a vessel to be used. Let him fill you up. Let him pour you out. Let him fill you up. Let him overflow you. Whatever it is, let him put it in. Let him put it in. Let him put it in. What we contain is of another place. When we speak of that containment, when we we operate from that containment, then, I mean, people give glory to the, it's funny, I mean, I don't know how much some of the, say it's an expensive bottle of wine, and it has a logo on it, I'm sure, right? I mean, most things do. And people would look at that, and then they would say what? Man, is that glass expensive. The glass? Because once you pour out the contents, oh, Come on, right? So all of a sudden, we keep bragging about our glass. And in the authority of the glass. You see that? It's what you're filled with. It's what you're endued with. Power from on high. We keep having misplaced thoughts of our identities. Our destinies. We need to discover the fear of the Lord because then we'll be operating in humility. Back to verse 5. Then you'll discover the fear of the Lord and find the true knowledge of God. Wisdom is a gift from a generous God. And every word he speaks is full of revelation and becomes a fountain of understanding within you. For the Lord has a hidden storehouse of wisdom made accessible to his godly lovers it's always about intimacy he becomes your personal bodyguard as you follow his ways protecting and guarding you as you choose what is right who told you what is right we gave up our opinion last week right we took on gods we're going to get it again actually i think it may be the next verse the next couple Verse, then you will discover all that is just, proper, and fair, and be empowered to make the right decisions. Who is our ma- Who told us what the right decision is? Who told us these things? An authority structure. We have to be bowed to it. We have to be obedient to it. We have to be submitted. I love verse thirty, or verse 20, uh, ten. Sorry. Whew. When wisdom wins your heart and revelation breaks in, 
true pleasure enters your soul. That's joy. You're like, my, my soul though. I started to grasp what my heart knew. I start to understand it. If you choose to follow good counsel, divine design will watch over you. And understanding will protect you from making poor choices. It will rescue you from evil in disguise mm. and from those who speak duplicities. For they have left the highway of holiness and walk in ways of darkness. They take pleasure when evil prospers and thoroughly enjoy a lifestyle of sin. But they're walking on a path to nowhere, wandering away into a deeper deception. And so, as we find these tolerances against us, as we find peer pressure coming in, I'm going to get up to my verses here. I am in chapter 2, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, 3 was where I was supposed to be. I wasn't supposed to be reading all that. No, I, I'm just joking. 2 was only supposed to be 1 through 15. I went too far. Okay, 3. Chapter 3, verse 1. So this is interesting. Let me just read to you uh, verse 1 of each of these chapters. Ready? Chapter 1, verse 1. Here are kingdom revelation words to live by and words of wisdom given to empower you to reign in life. That's pretty good. Verse 8 says this right here. I'm just going to hit these real. Pay close attention, my child. Pay close attention. Never forget. Uh, chapter 2, verse 1 says, My child, will you treasure my wisdom? Chapter 3, verse 1, My child, if you truly want a long and satisfying life, never forget the things that I've taught you. Follow closely every truth that I've given you. Then you'll have a full, rewarding life. I'm just going to hit a couple more here. Uh, chapter 4, verse 1. Listen to my correction, my sons, for I speak to you as a father. Let discernment enter your heart, and you'll grow wise with the understanding I impart. Verse 10 states this. My son, if you'll take the time to stop and listen to me and embrace what I say, you'll have a long and happy life full of understanding in every way. Um, verse 20, listen carefully, my child, to everything that I teach you and pay attention to all that I have to say. Um, chapter 5, verse 1, listen to me, my son, for I know what I'm talking about. Listen carefully to my advice so that wisdom and discernment will enter your heart and when the words you speak will, be ex will express what you've learned. Um, Chapter 7, verse 1, says this. Stick close to my instruction, my son, and follow all my advice. Almost every single one of those chapters starts with the very, very similar statements. Seek, listen, stick close, hold to, attend to my ears. And that's what the Lord had told me when I went to start this. From the very beginning, when he said go into gleanings, I was like, well, how, what, what do you mean by that? And he said, attend to my words. That's what this is. We need to attend to the words that the Lord has spoken to us. 
We need to look into them. Give them time. As Doug Jones had said, think time. And we realize, as we go through these things, that we've been listening to a disciplined race from Pastor Sean. The things that we've been hearing and looking at, and we, we, we see that these things are stated here over and over again, but we've heard a lot about discipline. We heard about humility. We heard about these things. So are we going around these fields, looking at them, and seeing what they're going to produce as far as fruit? Because when we attend to those words, we receive full understanding, knowledge, and wisdom. We have the reward of life that he has for us. And so, I'll close here with prayer. Father in heaven, I thank you for your words. We thank you that you speak to us. Lord, we will attend to them. We will lean close as John did to you and ask you questions. Father, we do desire intimacy. Father, we will submit, we will obey, and we thank you that it's your perfect love that we understand more and more that gives us the power to walk through all that we have in front of us. For love does conquer all. Thank you, Father, for your divine provision on the inside of us. When you remade us as new creation, a very never having existed before person, Lord, when we accepted you, we thank you that you gave us a full ability to walk into all that you've given us. Continue to speak to us and train us that we may wash our minds with the word of God, that we will not, that, that, that we will not be conformed to this world, but we'll be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Thank you, Father, for your word that washes us, makes us clean, makes us desire to come into your presence. Thank you for, so, for, for the salve of your word that heals our wounds from walking in this world. We thank you that you have been Jehovah Jireh. You saw and provided, and there is not a need on this planet that you did not provide for. Thank you, Father, for being the very best Father we could ever have asked for. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen today. If you would like more information about Faith Family Church, including service times and location, visit faithfamilybillings.com.